Welcome to episode 9 of Bros and Birdies, the golf podcast. We discuss what happened in the Charles Schwab on the PGA and at the Made in Himmeland on the European Tour. We will then preview this week's memorial at Muirfield Village, which starts on Thursday, and the strangely set up Porsche Open in Hamburg, Germany, which is a 54-hole event starting on Saturday. Yes, we will scratch our heads on that one. But first, here is a new segment. It's the 19th hole news. 19th hole news. Bernd Weisberger defends his title in Denmark. Jason Cockrack wins his second tournament of the season in the Charles Schwab. Alex Checker wins back-to-back senior majors in the PGA. Cameron Young goes back-to-back and wire-to-wire on the Corn Ferry Tour, guaranteeing his PGA card for next year. Ali Ewing wins the ladies' match play event at Shadow Creek, and the British interest in that event ended in the last 16, with Bronte Law and Mel Reid fading to progress. A ticket ballot for the 150th Open at St Andrews next year will open next month. So go and visit the RNA website for more information. For this year's Open at Sandwich, the RNA hope to admit 30,000 spectators per day. So fingers crossed we don't take a few steps backwards with COVID and that all goes ahead. And that was your 19th hole news. Now we introduce my brother as always. He loves a stat and a baseball cap. He chases buses. Well, he looks like that. Has a few wrinkles around the eyes. No grey hairs. He loves those pies. Works so hard and travels afar. Keeps it all in with a training bra. Likes a snack. His arty dinners. But let's just hope he gives us the winners. He's no shaggy or easy time lover. He's just fat and older. My brother. (laughs) Nice one. I'll tell you what. It's a good job. I've got a sense of humour, I'll tell you. Oh, well, you have to. Fucking nothing else going for you. No, I'm uh, no exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just, do you know what? I think it's just one of those. You should come back. You should do one on me that, you know, I could smoke in the shower with my nose. You know, you could do stuff like that. But hey, good to speak to you. How are you? Good week? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, it, it's Wednesday, but it feels like Monday. No, it's not. It's Tuesday, but it feels like Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what planet I'm on. No, yeah, it's well, um, no yeah, no, it's going there. all right. Yeah, going all right. Busy day at work today, so a bit of light-hearted stuff in the evening is always good. So before we get on to talking about the memorial coming up at um, Muirfield Village and yeah. obviously the Porsche Open, which starts bizarrely on Saturday and a fifty-hole, mm. fifty-four-hole tournament. Let's talk about last week. Obviously, we had the um, Charles Schwab, and then we had the Made in Himmerland. So, um, fire away. What were your thoughts on those two? Yeah, so let's start with the Himmerland. Really, I, I think you know in Denmark it was it was a runaway success for Bernd Wiesberger. Uh, you know, he, he pulled away on that Sunday. It was close early on that front nine, but you know the back nine he sort of he, you know pulled away. What did he win by five? I think five it was so twenty one on the from Miliotzi. Yeah, he was he was had a couple of good runs recently, but. So yeah, it was a you know a runaway victory. wasn't one that I guess you'd be glued to the television over. Uh, you know, twenty-one under win, sixteen under second. You know, great tournament again for Richard Bland. You know, obviously he had that win, and he's clearly been g'd on by your brilliant song about him. Uh, you know, and he's finished in a tie for third again. You know, so good, good on Richard Bland. Um, yeah, and you know, a little bit of diluted money for us. Our, our only finish really in in the top eight, a diluted top eight, as I've just referred to. Schwab, 13 under, 
so we got a little bit of money back on him, uh, but you know, obviously that didn't kind of offset our our week's losses. Uh, and Moronk and Ollison finished in a tie for 31, 31st, uh, eight under, and Sully, you know, tied tied fortieth. And you did, again, it was an, you know another tournament you didn't really see much from him, and he finished minus six for the tournament. So yeah, that, that's just a a very quick review of the Himalayan, but I, th- I thought there were many golfers this week. You know, I had a shout, but they failed to deliver it. Yeah, the we, end. we set up, didn't we, on Thursday and Friday, and it looked all right for the weekend. And like Sully, you know, shot 73, struggled in the first round a bit, and then shot a beautiful 66. I thought, well, he's going to go on and, and, and build from that. But then just nothing really fell. He wasn't probably, he wasn't striking it as well. A lot of players really had off weekends. McIntyre as well didn't really fire, and everyone builds him up, as we discussed last week. Mm. Yeah, I, I know it's, it's when you build someone up like that, it's, I think it must weigh on their shoulders, you know, the expectation to be this, you know, he's going to be in the Ryder Cup. He's, he's contending. He played so well at the Masters, you know, on his debut and what have you. So, yeah, I reckon the pressure probably told on him. Schwab didn't, you know, and there's a reason why Schwab hasn't won um, a tournament in his career yet, even though he's been knocking on the door. Yeah. And he needs to get it done on a Saturday and a Sunday, which Weisberger has done. That was his fourth tournament he's won, um, I believe. Is it fourth? Eighth, eighth European Tour win eighth. for Weisberger, yeah. yeah. Where did I get four from? Anyway, there, there you go. But yeah, when you mentioned Bland, I've heard that he listens to the song um, during his pre-round poo. So uh, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> but, you know, if it is true, then, you know, we can coerce that out and he's, he's free to go and play on, a, on the golf course. Oh, it's flowing. It's flowing. <laughs> it's the shit talk has started already. Literally. God, here we go. Oh, here we go. Anyway, so, yeah, did, he, let's did, he finish, did he finish third? Oh, he did finish third. He finished third, <laughs> yes, he did. He I'll get did. me coat. I'll get me coat. Uh, yeah, and, and on the Irish theme, Paul Dunn pulled out, didn't he? It's, anyway, enough of the Himalayan. Let's move on to <laughs> Charles Schwab in America. Um, yeah, a, a great win. For Kokrak, uh, second place for Spieth. It, it, yeah, I, I watched uh, a lot of the the back nine on the Sunday, and it was it was gripping. I think I even messaged you to say how poorly was Spieth driving the ball. You know, oh, he was, he was bad on Sunday. He lost by two shots. You know, it's kind of so. Yeah, I mean, you know, uneventful scoring cards across the you know the top. Top eight, ten players, uh, apart from, you know, Hoffman finished in third on 10 under, only four shots off the lead, but he had seven bogeys and one triple bogey, which was actually on his 11th hole on day one. So, you know, he didn't get off to a great start, but he finished strongly. And, and I guess that's what you're getting out of Charlie Hoffman at the moment. He's kind of hovering there or thereabouts, mm. but, you know, not kind of getting over the winning line. Yeah. Well, Maybe Spieth, that's not far away. Yeah, Spieth, you know, in his last round, 50% driving accuracy. On the week, he was around about 48%, which is poor. You know, that's going back a little way from him when he was driving to that poorly at the start of the season. And then it, strokes game put in, he was shocking. You know, he was giving away 0.3. Um, well, weekly average was 1.7, which wasn't too bad, to be honest. But yeah, I mean, last day. I, I took a note of his stats, bro. And, you know, across the four rounds, driving accuracy, round one, 50%, round two, 57, round three, 36, just under, mm. round four, 50%. Driving accuracy was appalling from Spieth. Greens in regulation, 66.76, 77.78, 77.78, 77.78. And last round, 44.4. You know, that they are poor stats and he lost 
by two shots. Strokes game putting, you know, round one, 4.239. Round two, 1.184. Round three, 1.579. And round four, minus 0.399. So, you know, horrendous stats for Spieth. But, I don't yeah. think... I don't think enough is said about Jason Cockrack, right? How how hard he hits that ball. And I watched some of the, the oh, golf yeah. as well. And there were some reports from lads that were actually on the course. Now, when you're hitting three quarters of the fairways in your four rounds, and you are hitting three quarters of your greens in regulation, but you're also averaging 321 from off the tee. Now, that means you're hitting it. And that's his second tournament this season. So he's now standing up being counted and he's one to be reckoned with but you know one player he's I want to a mention decent player is Poulter you know yeah, outcome, yeah. it's coming towards the Ryder Cup it's like a magnet to him. all of a sudden he's starting to play well and he's in he's in the captain's eye now you know he's two good finishes in two weeks yep got to see I love seeing him playing nice golf really do yeah he kind of never really landed that blow on the Sunday did he and you know over the four rounds he only actually had eight bogeys which I think is uh, you know a good performance for Ian Polter, and yeah, he, you know, he's up there in a tie for third, a great finish for him. Uh, you know, but yeah, so, you know, we had Kokrak winning on minus 14, Spieth two shots behind, even though we've talked about his bad stats, it's, it's still quite a, quite an achievement yeah, to finish bad, second with all those stats, you know, it's, it's a mark of the man, isn't it? I mean, you know, he, he's certainly coming back into form. You know, in terms of our players, Craig, on, on the board last week, you know, we had Brendan Todd, who finished in a diluted tie for eighth, but you know, nevertheless, it was a good shout at 110 yeah, to good one. Pick was, mate. Good pick. He was only one shot out of a full top eight place, so you know, that, didn't he have two doubles on the Sunday as well? He actually had one double and seven bogeys oh um, out God. of his, yeah. So, you know, and again, you know, one shot out, so yeah, a little bit gutted on the each way return, but we got a little bit back off him. And then on the others, you know, again, Morikawa, a, a tied 14th, you know, all right, he was minus five for the tournament, kind of never really got serious, did he? But a tied 14th, nevertheless. And then we had Berger, Connors, Rose, and Finau all finished tied 20th, so you know, they're all hovering there or thereabouts, but never really landed a serious blow. Well, what's, and, a, what's a bit worrying for Morikawa was his driving this week, you know, mm. he, he averaged 51%. You know, it, it wasn't even the fact that he was hitting at the country marks, he only averaging 289. So I'm a little bit, you know, you'd look at him, and this is the tournament, we'll talk about it, obviously. The, oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got to drive that ball a lot better than he was. Because um, the first two rounds, he was really strong, but then the second two dropped off. I think the class of these guys, Craig, they they can work it, you know, over the course of a few days. They can get on the range, get a few, you know, sort of sessions in from their coaches and stuff. And you know, the Morikawa, he's definitely trending in the right direction. To say, you know, maybe he might get a mention in our memorial preview. So that's kind of where we were last week on the two tournaments. And then, if I just look at the Ready Reckoner in terms of where we are since we started this thing out at the Masters, we are the Ready Reckoner. The I ready retina, yeah, love Doesn't it. Does he play for it. the Chicago Bulls? I don't know. Yeah, something like that. We're 38 points in profit from 94 bets, uh, three wins and 11 places. So that's where we are, listeners, followers. Uh, we are still in profit and we hope to come back roaring soon, you know, but we have had three wins and I say to be in profit over what is a very tough sport and market to play in uh, I'm still happy with so so that's where we are on last week oh god yeah we, you know 
we give all the info. Let's let's just sort of, you know, when we give all the info and we talk about courses and how they're set up and we sort of golfers that may fit the bill, if you like, and who's in form, who's not in form, what's the weather going to be like? You know, we're giving people a lot of information, research out there. So, okay, we might give the golfers to follow, but, you know, ultimately it could lead you down a different route to another golfer. That's, you know, that's what this is all about. You don't have to follow us a 100%. You know, we try and give you our views and our opinions, but the information that we give based on our research should also entitle you to your own opinion, which is fair enough. And we hope you use that and go and make some money. So are we going to go on? Cool. Are we going to go on to next to this week, starting on Thursday? Should we start with the American first? Let's do that, bro. Yeah, So let's let's close our eyes, drift off, slip inside a plane and fly to Muirfield Village in Dublin, Ohio, because it's the memorial. What do you know about the course? I'm there. The Memorial. So, <laughs> yeah, this course, interesting one. Uh, they played it twice last year on, you know, the revamped schedule. I think they played the Workday charity event. And then, you know, the, like many events, last, or like many courses held two events over two weeks. And, and then they went on to play the Memorial. But this is Jack's home. Um, and and this course has had a major revamp since last year, since they played those two events. Mm, and and I think, you know, what what we've seen in dispatches from you know the the, the various different readings and stuff, and the, the accounts that we've seen from Jack is that nearly every hole on this course has been touched in some shape or form. Whether that be, you know, the fairways have been. You know, kind of relayed. The bunkers have been reshaped. That some of the greens have been reshaped, and so what you're going to get playing this year is the players are turning up to to um, the memorial. You know, to a course that they've loved for years and years and years, and maybe going to have to look at it from a different angle because of the changes. So, you know, the the major overhaul I think is is brilliant. I, I love the idea of doing something like that so golfers don't get comfortable. So, you know, it's gonna to be tough for us this week, all of us out there looking for our plays, look, you know, what are we looking for in terms of the characteristics? And we'll come to that in a minute. But what we do know about the um the memorial tournament and obviously Muirfield Village is that it's a tough course. It's a par seventy-two. It's yardage around about seven and a half thousand. The rough is usually really penal here. Um, you know, you're always going to get that at Jack Nicholas designed courses, and there's water in play on eleven holes. Um, interestingly enough, you know, it is a bent grass greens structure. Uh, and we've seen obviously some of that recently. So we're looking for, you know, golfers that put well on that type of grass. Haven't they got and, a new um, air system placed? Uh, yeah, yeah. Greens, like Augusta yeah. as well. Yeah, sub air system and drainage and, you know, all of that has been revamped. So I think, you know, it, it's certainly going to make, from from what I've read anyway, and what I've looked into is it's going to make the course a little bit tougher. And these guys this week are, are going to have to get their thinking caps on. But, you know, again, you know, you talk about green speed and stuff. Typically in the past, it's run about 13 on the stint meter. Maybe it's going to be a little bit less. It's going to run around 12 with the redesign. But it's still going to be pretty harsh out there for them to figure that. Um, But, you know, what are we looking for this week in terms of, you know, this type of course and a Jack Nicholas design? Uh, You know, my opinion 
again is you know I think we're looking for golfers that are, are going to be high ranking on driving accuracy. Greens and regulations again, you know, I say it every week, it may be an obvious call, but I, you know, anybody that's ranking high in GIR has got to be, you know, playing a good game at the moment and, and setting themselves up for a course like this. Scrambling, par four scoring. Par, par four scoring this week, I actually think is going to be a real key factor. And it's something that I've been looking at in terms of the statistics and, and where golfers are trending right now and obviously playing out in the stats markets. But, you know, ball strikers. And I've actually gone a little bit further this week and I'm also looking at par five performance. So there's a few more things that I've looked at this week, but that's been more geared towards the fact that Jack has done a redesign on this course. So I think there's going to be many more facets that are needed to figure out the winner this week. Yeah, I totally agree. And obviously, like fairway bunker placement and strategic bunker movement, which is what they've done as well in the course. And for anyone who follows on social media, we can put up the PDF document from Muirfield Village that indicates where the changes, what changes have happened to mm. each individual hole. So we can put that up and you can look at that in your own time, perhaps if you're having a Richard Bland style poo. Um, I've you know, you've, you've looked at different stats and what have you. I've looked at, there's a couple of stats that I wanted to pull out for my research for this tournament. Yep. Now I'm looking at, you look at a lot of the approaches because um, of the strategically placed bunkers. A lot of the approaches are going to be from around 190, 200 yards. And okay, long, not long irons, and you're probably looking at a six iron for most of them. But you look at those approaches and then you also look at par five efficiency for me on par fives between 550 and 600 yards. Now, if I just quickly pull out a few stats, just going into that, you know, look at um, Carlos Ortiz is 4.4 over the 550 to 600 yard average par fives. Cam Smith's up there, Sepp Straka, Bryson, obviously, Sanjay M. Hideki. Um, you also look at shot gain in T to green. And when you do the shot gain T to green on PGA, that takes into account shot gain off the tee, shots gained around the green, and shots gained approaching the green. So that's when the shots gained tee to green, that takes in all those three together. So you can get a good idea of how these guys are approaching the greens. But also one more stat is greens in regulation from fairway bunkers because of these strategically placed bunkers. Mm. And, you know, I've, I've looked at a few like, um, Ortiz, I mentioned, and Norin and Munoz, very high. So you look at the rounds they've played and the fairway bunkers they hit. Like Ortiz has played 71 rounds, and from fairway bunker shots, he's managed to get 14 under across the whole season so far. So that shows that he loves playing out of a fairway bunker. So if he does miss it a little bit, and I will talk about my pick perhaps a bit later. But they're the sort of stats that I am looking at. Um, yeah, very good, very good. Let me just throw another one in, Craig. Um, par four scoring, 10 out of the last 15 winners have ranked first or second in this stat at Muirfield Village. Okay. That's that's quite high, you know. So uh, I think, you know, we're look, certainly looking at that and there's an emphasis on par four scoring this week as far as I'm concerned. Um, putting isn't necessary. It's an odd one, really, because you, you'd think, well, why isn't putting on the radar every single week? And and actually, when I look at the history of this, you know, four of the last seven winners have been ranked seventh or better in putting. Now, you know, the, the, 
they're not always up there. Mm. Um, the first three home last year were ranked 17th, 32nd and 43rd in putting. All with so, around about 1.7, if I believe, on putting averages. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you've looked at that same angle that I have. And, you know, so I, I, again, I'm, I haven't factored in the putting this week. I, I think putting comes with it. I'm, I'm looking at those other areas of, of accuracy and approaching these greens from this, you know, totally restructured golf course. So there's some of the things that I'm looking for. Another thing as well is if you look at, you know, what Jack does with his redesigns and and also draw that comparison to maybe some other golf courses that are on the rotor, you know, these are similar courses. The Honda is a Jack design. The concession that held the WGC workday this year is a Jack design. And so is Glen Abbey that, you know, was previous host to the Canadian Open. But I've looked at the Honda and the concession from this year and and those you know how how it all finished um just to write really try and give a feel for kind of how my picks were going to play out this week okay that's interesting yeah it's you know course designers they have that eye don't they and obviously jack's got an amazing eye and so when you look at greens and regulation and driving stats and you've said driving is going to be a key attribute this this week here now the top three last year the year before and the year before that I won't go into their names, but anyway, I did all the averaging for um, driving accuracy and greens and regulation. So the average over those three years of those nine golfers, you're looking at 61.4% for driving accuracy and 67% for greens and regulation. So, okay. So driving accuracy stats have got to be quite high, but the greens and rate, you've got to hit those greens. And I think that's where it comes back to the putting because all nine of those golfers over the last three years were all in and around 1.7 on the putting averages and 1.8. So mm. not strong. So I think, you, you know, you're dead right. I think it's key to find those greens and you don't necessarily have to have a hot putter. You know, your scrambling's got to be good and you've got to be finishing off the game well. So, you know, Morikawa beat Justin Thomas in a playoff last year. Morikawa is generally quite a, you know, good tee to green player, is he not? Yeah. Rahm one here last year, again, a good tee to green player. Cantley, again, when he's on fire, good tee to green. So it just goes to show you, you're going to have to find those greens for sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I know that disagree. sounds like a stupid statement because if you don't, well, again, yeah, that's play. what I was thinking. <laughs> but it's, you know, it is, especially around here, it seems to be a key attribute. So if you can get your GIR percentage up and around sort of 65, 67%, I think you'll have a good chance around here. So, so, what do you fancy? Oh, what do I fancy? Oh, a nice, nice ribeye steak would be lovely. Peppercorn sauce. Um, right, let's go for it. I'm going to go for my picks, and they're all course of the odds, top five, bet three six five. My first one is Carlos Ortiz. He's 140 to one. He just, as I was saying before, he's got those stats right. He's got the par five efficiency over 550, 600 yards. So he plays as par fives really, really well. On his approaches, 175, 200 yards are good. At the bunkers, he's good. His GIR and driving accuracy stats are good. He, doesn't, he, he hasn't really ever had a hot, hot putter game. But like we said, I don't think he will need that this week. So if he can just stay around the 1.7 putting average, I think he's a massive price at 140. That's big. Yeah. 
Um, another player, Sunjay Im, who's been playing well through the season, with you know, flattering to deceive on some occasions. But mm. again, he's got the game. You know, he's got that. Oh, of course, yes, game. yeah. Fifty-five to one. I think that's a that's a strong. Price. I think that's a decent price, isn't it? I think you're looking. Yeah, when you're looking at players who've got big question marks next to their name this season, you know, like Justin Thomas is for, is one, and other places really. Other players haven't shone as much as I expected to this year, but I think he's a big price, 55. Another player that seems to play, and this is a tough course, you've said that, and it's quite a long course, and it needs players to find the greens. One player that does that, and we saw that in April at Augusta, was Hideki. Now, Hideki's played all right since the Masters, to be fair. You know, he hasn't he hasn't lit the world up um, since the Masters. Yeah, a month off, didn't he? Yeah, but he's been solid since he's come back. And I think 25 to 1 for a, a Masters winner this year, mm. who really does hit that ball so well and finds a lot of greens, I think is a big price, big price. Um, and then my last one is a golfer, which I can't leave out on a course that you need to drive it fairly well and quite a long way. I think if Bryson's got his game on, I, think, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. But he's, do you know what, mate? He's played well here in the past. You know, he has played well around Muirfield Village and I think he's got the game. And I think, he, well, we know he's got the game. And I think perhaps this Brooks whole sort of um, debate and then he, he's in his head. I think that might fire him up. You know, he's going gonna, gonna to want to come out and play some good golf heading up to Torrey Pines where he could possibly be paired with Brooks. We hope so. <laughs> he could do. See. And what price are we getting to, on Bryson? 18's. He's 18 to 1. Yeah. And if you're looking at, if you're looking at quarter, the odds, it's not bad to be in the top five. I think if he's on song, then he'll obliterate this field. But anyway. Yeah, I think I messaged you yesterday and said, I'm all in on Bryson and I've changed. I, I've changed my mind. I've, I've done my review late last night. So, you know, I've kind of, and, and I've changed it. And I just, I just think there's, you know, this whole kind of media storm of him and Brooks and, you know, kind of maybe he's fine-tuning his game. Yes, he's, he's got a decent record at Muirfield Village. I mean, it's, you know, I don't know how many times he's actually played there. I didn't look at it. But, yeah, it's, it's a good call, to be honest with you. I think, you know, why wouldn't you? I mean, he, he's he's a class player. Yeah. And Matsuyama, let me just go back to Matsuyama again. You know, I think if you look at past Masters champions, they they've tended to struggle for a few months, maybe even a year afterwards. Um, you know, to get back into it really takes so much out of them. But he did he, he had a good showing at Kiowa Island, I'll give you that. And there's no reason why Mats this is a course set up for Matsuyama. Yeah, I think you know, Bryson turned around and said how many times he's played at Milford. You know, he won in two thousand and eighteen. Mm. Card in two seven yeah, three, and then in um, two thousand and nineteen, I think it was, he finished tied twenty second. Last round was sixty six, so you know he obviously plays the course well, and I think yeah, he might be a different player from two thousand and eighteen if we're honest. But I just I, I, I know I love the guy. You know I love the guy. Yeah, I, I just think he's a big price. Yeah. All right, your four picks, plays. Mate. Yeah, so I'm going to go. Uh, my, so my first play is Justin Thomas. I, I think uh, again, you know, it's it's not a great price at sixteen to one, but I think you know he had a mediocre finish last week, but here he had you know a tied eighteenth, and he also tied second in the workday charity event before the memorial. Uh, you know where he shot um, all four rounds in his sixties, which is rare 
at so he got Northfield beat in Village. the playoff, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah. to Morikawa, but again, no, it was tied second, wasn't it? Anyway, carry on. Yeah, anyway, so it was, you know, shot all four rounds in the 60s, which I think is rare. So, and he had a, a tied eighth in 2018. But interestingly enough with JT is, you know, again, I talked earlier on about par four scoring. He's tied 10th this year on par four scoring, tied 17th par five scoring. So I think, you know, par fives, you're going to make your, your score around this course. And, you know, if you're strong in that par four arena, then I think you're going to be there or thereabouts. And we know that JT can go on hot streaks. And I think he's just lurking in the background, just waiting to click away. So so he's my first play at 16 to one. My second play is actually Morikawa. Um, again, you know, he won at concession, which is a jack course. He's won here before. He He's got a whole range of top finishes in 2021. And he's a major winner. He's ranked one in GIR, 2021 stats. He's tied fifth in parcel for scoring. He's 13th in driving accuracy. You put all of those high-ranking stats up with his Jack course form, you know, 16 to one, it's not big. But, you know, I, I do think that Morikawa is trending in the right direction. I don't think it's going to be long before before he's back in the winners' enclosure. So, you know, two obvious plays at sixteen to one. I, I just can't get away from them, and I, and I think this is going to be a tough course this week. So that's my second play. My third one. I, I love this play, and you know, I, I'm not I'm not a big one for your two three hundred to ones, and you know, I, I like to get a bit of value sometimes. Yes, I do, but at eighty to one, Russell Henley for me. Yeah, like is is a good pick this week. You know, he tied seventh last year in the Workday Charity event here, tied 29th in 2018. So not, you know, not pulling up any trees, but a tied third at the Honda this year, which again, I've referred to already is a Jack course is a tough course is, is good form this year. He's had five top 40 finishes in 2021 season and two top tens, one at the Honda, one at the heritage which again, Heritage isn't an easy course to play. He's 12th GIR and he's tied second par four scoring. So again, when I've put those things together and it's come out the end of the machine, 80 to one was something that I wanted to jump all over. Mm. Um, And I'm actually going to be playing Henley first round leader as well at 66 to one this week. So, so that's my third and my rationale behind that. And my last play that I'm going to do is Sam Burns. It comes with a bit of risk because he did withdraw from the PGA with a back injury, which obviously is a concern, and I don't know how he's come out of that. But if you push that to one side with what he's done this year, um, you know, a win at the Valspar, a second at the ATT, AT&T Byron Nelson, a third at the Genesis, and four other top 40 finishes together with his stats in, you know, tied fifth par four scoring and also in par five scoring and 13th in GIR, which is, you know, the the three main areas I'm looking at this week. I think at 50 to one, Mr. Burns is a decent pick. So they're my four, JT, Morikawa, Henley and Burns. No, I like him. I I do like Henley. And I looked at him when I was looking at the driving stats and the greens and regulation stats and the putting stats. He fits right in to those averages that I was looking at and I was on an R in and I looked I thought do you know shall I put him in so yeah he was on my shortlist and others that were on my shortlist you know Dougie Gim Dougie Gim fits in into the plan into the staking plan and I, I just 
I might have a dabble on him as an extra one later, but you know, don't mask it up, Craig. Don't mask it up. No, you know, it's um... oh, sorry, you said gim, didn't you? Sorry, that's right. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah, I don't have a gimp mask, uh, gim mask or a gimp mask, but um, I'm sure you do. You have many masks in your cupboard, you kinky devil, right? So, what we going on? Um, I'm going Ortiz, Sunjayim, Hideki, Bryson. I do yeah. like gim. Cameron Smith and Straka, but my four are the ones I've said. And you are JT, can't they? No, JT, Morikawa, Henley and Burns. Henley Burns, not Can't Cantley was Cantley. on the shortlist. Oh, no. He certainly yeah, is. No. But, uh... <laughs> There's too many on the shortlist. It's now a long list. But yeah, so that wraps up the memorial. Muirfield Village yeah. actually starts as it should do on a Thursday. On a Thursday. Now close your eyes and drift off. You're in a Porsche. You're Abraham Abraham Anser. See, that's and he's heading to Germany. Is he going to make it over? I know they've they've given people enough time, but here's a little thing, right? So we're heading to the Porsche Open, Hamburg, Germany. Starts on Saturday. It's a 54-hole event. With a 36-hole cut, so a 54-hole event with the usual cut at 36 holes. Enough. A.B. Anser, right? Let's just talk about him quickly. Is he going over there to compete properly? Is he going to be on it? Is he going to be on song? The guy's got a great game. We know that. But Or is he just going because he needs to be able to keep Porsche happy so he can drive around his hometown and he's got a fancy Porsche at home. We know he likes Porsche. Is he just a sponsors player this week? Yes. You think he is? Okay. I do. Well, that's, that's good enough for me. And I didn't, do you know what? I don't even know if you'll make it over there. What happens? What happens? He gets held up. I'm not sure. I don't mean held up at gunpoint, but you know, this is um, Germany, not Mexico, his home country. So yeah, I d- will he make it over there? I'm not sure. But let's go to the Porsche Open, Mr. Bickley. Yes. The Green Eagle course. Uh, it used to be called the North course. It's actually called now known as the Porsche Nord course. Bit fancy. But, yes, the Green Eagle, it's a par 72. This course has five par fives, and four of them are on the back nine. How interesting mm. is that? That's yeah, going to set up for an interesting last nine, you know, in this 54-hole shortened tournament. Would you want to start on the 10th? Would you like to play four par fives in Why not? the first nine of your tournament? Why not? I, I was looking at that. Do I start 10 or do I start one? I really don't know. We just don't know. We just anyway. really don't know. Really don't know. Um, yeah, but five par fives, five par threes, and four, uh, eight par fours. Yeah, eight par fours. So, um, yeah, that that's, a, you know, par 72. Long course, really long course. And it's actually ranked in the world's top 10 longest courses. It is actually the longest course on the European scene. So at seven and a half thousand yards long, which is what they're roughly going to be playing this week, it can actually stretch out to 7,800 because they use four different teeing areas on this course. Um, You know, so it, it, it was built in 2008 and it's obviously had a lot of sort of tweaks and changes over the years. But yeah, to, to be on the, the longest world top 10 longest list <laughs> that's long so these guys are are gonna find it this week and again you know i think you might think are long hitters gonna be the ones that we're looking for well mm. obviously yes to navigate a long course that's that's obvious but it isn't actually one of the most high ranking valued opinions in terms of what we're looking for this week 
Um, but yeah, so, so that's a little bit about the course. It is littered with sand and water hazards. Uh, you know, I think there's 15 holes reportedly where there are water hazards on it. So littered with sand and water. No wonder the Germans like beaches. Come on. This is unbelievable. <laughs> oh, so this, this is what we're looking for this week in Germany. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's just a, a few things about this course, as you've already pointed out. It's yeah, well, a reduced... I, 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 I do 54 like the, holer. the back nine the back nine <laughs> that's my little Stop german it. impersonation hey do you know you talk about um long courses so it's actually quite similar to the golf national paris mm. so when i've been doing research to that i've been looking at you know potential collaborations and how golfers have played the golf national and you know it's a bit of a strategic plotting course as well as being longs and i think that's gonna um well you'll see in my research anyway i'll tell you all about it if you stay tuned <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. But, you know, we, we talk about this being a reduced 54 holer that, again, there's not going to be much chance for the golfers this week to get any prep time in terms of, you know, playing around the course. Because I, 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 I think I read somewhere that then the players are not actually going to arrive until Friday, um, mm. which is less than 24 hours before the tea time. So and, and this is the first European event since October 2019 that's going to have had spectators in. I think they're allowing some like 2,000 a day maximum. Um, so, yeah, it, it's going to be a weird one this week, I think, for, you know, the European tour. But they obviously wanted to get it in Germany, the whole kind of sponsorship, the setup. And, um, yeah, interesting. You know, last three winners here have all been English. So no wonder they wanted to keep us all out. I mean, you know, come on. It's like, this is crazy. I think they love us now. You reckon? Yeah, yeah, I think so. But, you know, 2,000 people in there. That's a lot of um, a lot of socks and sandals on the course. So do you anything else to talk about? the? Co- I think the weather's going to be um, set fair. I, think I looked at the weather forecast a little bit blowy, perhaps, on Saturday, but nothing to write home about. I, don't I think they've so. talked about a little bit of rain leading up to the tournament so it might soften conditions a little bit make it play a little bit longer um but no in terms of the course it's you know it's a flat parkland course with wide fairways it's as simple as it gets you know with some long par fives that go go out guys hit the ball get accurate find your greens and regulations you go and win the tournament that's as easy as it gets well there you go you were talking about the par fives and then one of the stats you obviously got to look at are the par five performers, you know, Weisberger, who won last week, he's averaging 4.8 at the par fives over 550, 600 yards. Cockrell, Casey, Casey averages really well, 4.43 on the par fives. Hmm. You know, will he be a bit of jet lag in there? You know, like you said, he's rushing over, he's coming over. Um, it's great to see him. It's great to see him over here. It's nice to see the Brits back on the European tour playing you know, especially the top Brits playing the, the golf here, but he's just too short. Too short at six to one. Like, you, you can't get us price. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Unless you're, you're a high roller, you're not going to play Casey this week. You're really not. He, you know, big... he's, he's got form here, but yeah. Well, it's a big risk. So should we go for, our... do you want to go first? Let's let you go first. Let's go with me first. That's right. Okay. Let's Age do it. Beauty. Yeah, so I'm not playing Casey. I'm not playing Answer. I think you know, I think Answer's over. 
obviously for sponsorship reasons, if he makes it in, um, uh, you know, might be proved wrong, but they're too short in the market for me to play. And, and this is not what we do anyway. We don't go that low. So we're looking to find some value. Um, yeah. Interesting in terms of, you know, I've shortened down my list and I've, I'm playing four. So let's go with them. So Laurie Cantor, right now, Laurie Cantor, and, and I did a little bit of looking in. I said a few weeks ago that the European Tour had three events that were a mini order of merit for 10 places at the US Open. Mm. Now, what's interesting, and I'm just going to veer away from Cantor very quickly, but Cantor obviously needs to have a performance this week to try and get into that top 10. He's currently sitting outside it. I think he's in 12th. Um but again, we, you know, we've got two players, I think, in that top 10 already that are in the top 60 of the world rankings. So, you know, does that make it go down to 12 players in the order merit because they're already in? I don't know, but he's in that list. Um, and it's interesting this week that actually you've got of the, the, the players that are currently holding top 10 spots, they're Moronk, Jordan Smith, Dave Coupland, Mikko Korhonen, Shrivener, Sullivan, and Bjork, right? Now, Sullivan and Coupland, Copeland, whatever you want to call it, are not playing this week. Right? Yeah. Oh, That's an interesting call. call. Are, are they are they relying on the fact that maybe they've got enough points to keep in? Or, you know, a lot of players below them have all got to finish inside the top five to surpass them on this points rating. So, I don't know, but to me it seems like a, a little bit of a gamble. I don't know. It's yeah, it's a strange, strange choice. I thought I expected to see Sully there, really, and actually sent a message on social media. I'd see if he comes back to it, and yeah, it's. I hope yeah. he doesn't fall out of that, and I hope he doesn't get it wrong. So anyway, I veer away from Cantor, but Cantor's obviously he's in that hunt, isn't he, for a place at Tory Pines in a couple of weeks, and you know, so he's eyeing that top place. He is one of the best drivers on tour. He's ranked sixth in um, strokes gained off the tee, tenth in tee to green, and eighth in greens and regulation. Now, you know, with wide fairways, yes, it's a long course. He is one of the best drivers on course. At 30 to 1, Laurie Cantor might be able to turn in a big performance this week and not only just trying to get in this top 10 for a US Open place, but the win. You know, that's what these guys are playing for. So, oh, he's great so, tee to green. He's very yeah, good tee to green. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he's my first play. Um, my second player is Adrian Moronk. Now, Adrian Moronk, <clears throat> we played him last week. I, I, you know, he's trending in the right direction. Do you know this? This guy's Polish, but he was actually born in Hamburg, just a few miles away from this course. Now, that would be ironic if he went and turned in a big performance, maybe a win. But you know, he's one of the longest and more accurate drivers on tour. He's ranking eighth in strokes gained off the tee. So, at thirty-five to one, I, I can't. I can't not play him this week. You know, we we played him last week. Winning in Germany. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. good call. But yeah, stop it. Let's um, you know. But so he's my second play, and my rationale behind that. Uh, my third play is Kurt Kitayama. Uh, you know, this big hitting Californian. He again, he's fighting. He's a little bit way down the list. I think he's something like mid to late twenties on the list of this mini order of merit to get a place at Tory Pines. But I just I, I think this 
he's American. He, he's he's got this. He's got the game for this course. And you know, again, ranked eighth, tee to green, strokes gained, ranked thirteenth total in terms of the European Tour statistics. And I think at forty five to one, I, I think he's he's probably a, you know a little bit enticing. So I, th- that's why he's in my stable this week. He's forty five to one shot, Kirk Kitayama, and he may get in that top 10 for a place at Tory Pines. And my last play, and I like this guy, South African, 66 to 1, big hitter, ranked number one in off the tee, strokes gained, ranked number four, tee to green. So again, a big hitter who's ranking high on the strokes gained statistics on the European tour, has had a couple of weeks off, rested himself, Daniel Van Tonder. 66 to 1 is a big play this week, and I like his chances. Yeah, his nickname is um, Deep Vein Thrombosis. But um, yeah, DVT, he's, he's, a, he's a big hitter. He's, yeah, he, I like him a lot, actually. If he can just control those irons when he hits that, because, you know, obviously we saw him in Kenya, I think he was, and he was smacking that ball a living uh, country mile. He's, he is a bloody solid hitter of the ball and so I, I look forward to seeing him all the time because he's quite an exciting player so yeah yep. what price did you say he was 66 to 1 mate I think he's big to, he is big he's about 6 foot 2 isn't he? but yeah yep. he is that's a big price so you've got Kanta and DVT Moronk and Kit Kitiyama yep alright mate well that's good well let's go to mine then you know like you've said it's um, it's a long course it is a strong course. I did like Kitty Armour as well. Um, who am I going for? See, I'm still in, I'm even doing this, I'm still in debate. Let's go for my first pick. I'm going for last week's winner. I'm going for a Weisberger in Hamburger. I'm going for um, <laughs> Burnt Weisberger. I don't want my burger burnt. Burnt Weisberger, 16 to 1, even though he won last week, right? He struck the ball really, really well. He's going to have to do that this week. And on a course like this, it's not bad having a guy in form. And striking it well. Why can't he win? He's got his place in the US Open. Yeah, yeah. Sixteen to one. He's you know he's won numerous times as you were saying before on the on the European Tour, and he's full of confidence. And for me, that sixteen to one is too big a price. When you got Casey at six to one, yeah. You know, I think that's a big price. Second one is Joachim B. Hansen. Mm, right, JB. sixty sixty to one. 61. Do you know he's played well round here and he's played well at the Golf National, um, another long course, as um, Wiesberger's won there and Hansen was second. So they both played that course well and I think they won't mind this long course. My third big prize Robin Skiot Sigrest. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, I don't know. It's a pretty good. Good pron- yeah, pronunciation. Um, right, so Robin Skiot Seagrest, 250 to 1. Drysdale. Big price. Drysdale, David Drysdale, to you. 500 to 1. But you like your big ones, don't you? Well, do you know, I look at it, right, and I was looking I was looking down the list, and I was like, who am I after? I want someone that drives the ball well. I want people that find the greens. Okay, Drys- Drysdale does that, and he's had hints of form this year. Right, hints of form, and I think five hundred to one. So we are getting. What are we getting? One hundred twenty-five to one if he finishes in the top five. You know, for me, 
I think that's a big price, especially when players, there's a lot of question marks around players. There are others I could have gone for. You know, I, I like Cockerell. I played Cockerell already. Um, Casey, obviously, with his par five scoring. I would have liked to have seen Miliotzi here. And I, I thought I saw him on the entry list initially, but. Yeah, he doesn't need to. He's, yeah, he's got his place at Tory Pines. He's going to have a couple of weeks off. Yeah, well, he's, you know, he's in that top 10. I think his game would have suited this course. But they're my four. So, Weisberger, 16 to 1. Um, Robin Skiot Sigrest, 250 to 1. Joachim B. Hansen, 60 to 1. Drysdale, 500 to 1. I think, I think for those big ones, we're going to look at um, top eight. You know, if we yeah, can, I'll try, gonna... yeah, I'll try and Paddy Power and, and likes of that. And, yeah, uh, we're going to going to fish around for that top eight on a lot of these. Just go to Odds Checker, all you guys out there. Go to Odds Checker, have a look, see what's out there, see what's available, and obviously, you know, bet sensibly, um, bet where you can afford to lose, but also look at the offers that are on Odds Checker. You might get a free bet or whatever. So there's plenty of plenty of options out there. And so. Just before we wrap up, I just want to Go give on. our our followers a little bit of value. You know, I like playing the, the first round leader markets and I've done a little bit of stat analysis around, you know, certainly at the uh, the Porsche European Open, um, you know, players that have shot, you know, low rounds. And I, low, I think over the last three years, the lowest round I think has been 65. So, you know, we're not looking at something that, you know, in this... 62, 63, 61. But yeah, just looking around at doing that analysis, I'm playing um, uh, cross doubles each way. So in uh, Germany, Lorenzo Vera, 80 to 1. And Suri, Julian Suri, 90 to 1. And I am going to play them with Keegan Bradley, 50 to 1, and Russell Henley, 66 to 1 over in America. Okay, yeah, Keegan. There's a lot, been a lot of talk over the last few weeks. Obviously, first round leader markets. He does yeah. like to start quite quickly. See, I don't get. I'm not. I, you know that. I'm not into the first round leader markets. Really, I think it's um, it's it's a struggle. You know, so you have got to look at the weather. You got to look at when they're starting on one and ten, who they're playing with, and you know, there's a lot of info you need. But you know, if you can find them, then hats off to you. And I think Keegan Bradley and Henley. I definitely. Uh, you're either into stockings or you're not. And you are, well, and I'm yeah. not. <laughs> I've got the legs for them, mate. Talking of which, I must give them a shave. Right, that leaves it. So where are we next week? Where are we playing? Sweden for the Scandinavian Mixed, and it's hosted by Henrik and Annika over at Valida Golf and Country Club. And over on the PGA Tour, we are help, hoping, hoping, hopping even, up to Congaree for the Palmetto Championship on the PGA tour. And obviously the week after that, it will be the U S open at Torrey Pines. So join us next week for episode 10 of bros and birdies, the golf podcast. We'll have more news. We'll have the reviews and we'll have the previews. So from my brother, it's ciao. And from me, it's ciao for now. As they say in Clandau. Cheers guys. Take care. Bye.